Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have this Dr. Jessica Bell. She is an osteopathic physician and an energy healer. She's the founder of energetic osteopathy, which is a powerful modality that bridges traditional osteopathic treatment and energy medicine. And we can't wait to hear all about this amazing energy work that she does. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Yeah. Good. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Hello. I'm Mandy. Hi Hi there, Mandy. Hi. Where are you at? I live in Maine, actually. Where are you guys? We're in Colorado. Oh, you are? What part? Aurora. I, yeah. I know. Uh, I've been to Colorado Springs and Denver. It's amazing out there. Yeah, Maine's pretty great too. Both places. I think anywhere you can really spend a lot of time outside. I was excited to see you come through. I was just talking with a friend of mine this morning about some of those different diagnoses like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, the one that the climate they're like affected by the climate. Oh, seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal. Sad. Yeah. Sad. yeah. We have a lot of that and, here in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Mandy and I both came into our journeys with a bunch of symptoms, a list of them a mile long, the same time too. Thank God. <laughs> we kind of wow. had each other to bounce off of each other, but we were both diagnosed with fibromyalgia at the same time as well. And Mandy often talks how many people our age are also diagnosed with like thyroid issues and there's yeah. all of these diagnoses yep. that seem to be really popular in our generation. <laughs> How old are you guys? Do you mind if I ask? Oh, no. uh, we're both 46. Oh my gosh. We're the exact same age. Oh there my gosh. Go. Well, then, yeah. yes, so you know these. I know <laughs> it. I know. I was like, I was like, you know, it's funny. You can't place people's age anymore. It's really fun. You know, those of us who True. are kind of like awaken on a different path in life. Um, I feel like we're just ageless. So true. Yeah. 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 Oh, how awesome. So you're both 76. Yep. Yeah. When are your actual birthdays? Uh, April 25th. Nice. May 15th. Okay. All right. I'm the baby. I'm October 4th. Okay. Ah, October. Right. So you're a Libra. I'm a Libra. Yeah. yeah. My youngest no, daughter is a October birthday and it's my favorite one to celebrate with like the pumpkins and the yes. fall starts, the trees start turning and we always have fun. Yeah, it's a great time of year. It's my favorite as well. Oh, how fun that we're the same age. I love that. That's so great. Uh, And and you want to know what, speaking of uh, on that also, it's really hard for women to pinpoint where it's stemming from and where the core of the issue is because dealing with a lot more symptoms too, like our menstrual periods, menopause, our hormones get jacked up when we're pregnant. And then when we give birth, and then if there was trauma, when you gave birth, and then just all the other things that have to do with life that you add on to that, like me with my asthma. And I feel like sometimes your head just starts spinning, trying to figure out like, well, it could have been from this. It could have been from this. And I mean, it's just like, what the heck It's so yeah. hard. Yeah. 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 I love that you're bringing this at the start of this. Cause um, I'll just share with you and you, you, you may or may not know this about me, but so my original practice was in a, <laughs> I was a pain management specialist and like, I would say two thirds of my patients were diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So I started there. That was like back in, you know, Oh nine. And okay. I saw way back then that pain was not something that could be treated with any physical modality that I was trained to offer them. 
right? So I yeah. saw the depth of pain and I was, I am also somebody who I don't have a lot of, um, thankfully my pain was really psychic and emotional. Um, and all of my traumas came through, you know, it kind of culminated at the time when I was working with these chronic pain patients, I was struggling with my own issues with addiction. And so in 09, you know, working within that realm of pain management and watching how like everything that I'd been trained to know and to do was ineffective. And it was my falling into the pit of my own despair. And that was really when I shifted from traditional medicine into the middle part of my career, which was traditional osteopathy. And now it's more of the energy healing work that I do. But so I've had this like three-part profession because of my own pain, my own. And I was also like crushed under a car at the age of four. And I had chronic pain until I started doing energetic self-healing. And that's now what I teach. So it's great. I love this so much because everything that I have experienced in my own body, I'm also trained to diagnose in others, you know? And so it's really been a powerful path to see firsthand, but also through just the experience that I've had in working with patients over these years, these 20 years, really, since I've been out, how limited, you know, we are right now in our current medical model of being able to really wrap ourselves around what's happening to the physical body. You cannot describe what's happening to the physical body with a physical diagnosis. It just doesn't work. We don't fit in boxes like that. And so when I took my inversion, I, I kind of like crossed over the, the golden bridges when I was in the early stages of the pandemic, as soon as my kind of energetic goggles came on, all of the pain that I'd been treating over the years started to make sense. And that was when I stepped out of pain in my own body. And that's what created the curriculum that I now teach and the work that I now offer. So wow. I love that you're bringing that because, you know, I think I've always found fault with the system that I was planted into, but had to kind of, you know, just stay stuck in it for a while. I mean, I suffered along with all of us, you know, as I was prescribing opiates to other people, I was prescribing them to myself as well. I mean, it was, it was a really, really hard journey. We're adding another issue to what someone already has. Exactly. Exactly. The middle part of my career was as an osteopathic practitioner. So I was trained by somebody called, uh, his name was Jim Jealous and he, he died last year. And he taught me how to feel energy in people as a, from, but didn't call it that. Right. So, you know, he called it biodynamics and that's really what, you know, our modern medical system, even the osteopaths who are more, and you guys live in a pretty osteopathic rich community. So do you have many DOs around do you guys have, do you kind of know what osteopathy is or? You cool. know, yeah. Why don't you explain it? Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah. I, I happily, happily. Yeah. So we have two ways of being a doctor in this country and you can either go to an allopathic medical school and become an MD medical doctor. Or you can go to an osteopathic medical school and become a DO, doctor of osteopathic medicine. Mm -hmm. They're the exact same as far as licensure and privileges. So a DO can be a surgeon, just like an MD can be a surgeon, but the DOs are trained in a hands-on modality. So the DOs from the first day of medical school 
are given tenets, meaning that the body is self-healing and self-regulating and that we are born, we are made of essentially God and that we have within us indwelling therapeutic healing forces, embryologic forces that restore health and vitality within our bodies. We have that inside of us. We're born with that. And so the osteopath is trained to tap into that, meaning to catalyze a healing process in the patient and find the health as opposed to treating the disease. And so it's about the lens that you choose. As a first year medical student, I started putting my hands on my colleagues, my co-students, and we learned all of these ways to help one another in medical school. It was a really amazing way to go to medical school, but as an intern and then as a resident, so you graduate from medical school after four years, and then you go off and you become a medical specialist or a primary care doctor. And during the postgraduate years, most DOs lose their hands. They stop using their hands. They stop. And the reason is because they get stuck in the system. And so what has happened is that most DOs are now becoming very allopathic, meaning they're just like MDs. And maybe they'll use their hands once in a blue moon, but they don't often put their hands on patients anymore because of our system, right? Because patients are really sick. The, the system is a business and we're trained and reimbursed for quick things and medicines and interventions. It's really tragic what's happened on this planet because we had this visionary who came through at around the time of the civil war. And that's when osteopathy was born. It was galactic, basically. It was brought through. I mean, it depends on who you talk to, if you're into the galactics or not, you know, like if you're a light worker, then you, you know, that what came through was a channeled message as I do, but what other osteopaths are connecting into is maybe not quite that esoteric and spiritual. Right. But basically it's really amazing what happens when an osteopath starts to treat a patient because, you know, all I can say is that the first time I connected into the rhythms that happen inside of the body, and I also had this other education, meaning I was a, a medical doctor, so I got to learn anatomy and physiology from the inside out. When you combine those two things together, the knowledge of the human body in its complexities and in its intricacies with the subtleties of the breath of life that runs through us, all of a sudden, and this is what I do now, there's an image of human form in perfection. All of that discord, all of that density and all of that dissonance that creates physical symptoms are seen, I can see them. And the moment that I see them, they start to shift. And then as an energetic healer now, I help to bring that through. So it actually starts to move and shift and alchemize back to a flowing state. So. Getting back to that original question. So a DO is trained in a really mystical way, but very few people actually will start to use those skills or even see them as mystical. And then there's a very small amount of doctors that will get really into osteopathic practice and start to pick up this stuff. So that's what happened to me. I fell away from pain management because I saw how ineffective it was. I was sick myself. And then I went away and, and had a pretty lengthy treatment process back in 2009. And that was really when I woke up to the fact that we are just these beautiful beings of light. You know, that was really when that started to take hold for me. And because of my history with addiction, I knew that I didn't want 
anything to do with mainstream medicine anymore. Still a doctor, but I knew that I didn't want to prescribe. And so here I am, this pain management specialist. And I was like, well, what do I even do? Right. <laughs> and so what I did was I went back to train in a medical school here in Maine to become a neuromusculoskeletal medicine specialist, which is basically a fancy way of saying I got back into my osteopathic heritage. I basically went into a training program where I put my hands on patients all day long and I revetted myself within, you know, these principles of treating patients osteopathically, just like I'd been taught, or there was a, a beginning, the first two years of medical school, you are as an osteopathic student, you learn really foundational. It's like the building blocks of osteopathy. And then as, as you evolve the ability to connect and feel things, you get into subtler and subtler and subtler, which aren't so subtle to me now, but you get into the more esoteric realms of what's happening inside of these bodies of ours. And how can I personally, as a physician, go in, feel it and you know, re and help to correct the imbalances that, that happen within us. So it's a pretty cool thing. And I think that that's really where medicine is going back to. And that's, that's what I, um, I recognized as like a huge, huge, huge gaping hole in our system is, um, you know, uh, the doctors who both have the medical training and the skill set, And that's what an osteopath has the potential to be not, there are very few and it's interesting because now I'm way out there, you know, I'm talking about multidimensional selves. And I mean, there's, there's the sky is the limit. There's nothing that I won't talk about now. Cause when you step into energy, it's everything. And so it's really hard for our doctors to let go of that ego that keeps them separate. We're not separate here. We're all made of the same stuff. I happen to have a skill set that's pretty cool and I can teach you how to do it, right? It's not unique to me. And so I think these osteopaths and medical doctors are like, hold on a second. I went to medical school and I got all this training and I have been trained to have the answers and to be able to offer these interventions. And we're dissolving all of that. You know, this is mm -hmm. about like, we're, we're just like here to be together and to learn from one another and all of our, all of our gifts and all of our skills are valid. And, and I'm here to kind of help you to remember that. So it's been a journey. I'll tell you. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. That, that was a beautiful explanation. You're so good with words. Completely understand exactly good. what you're talking about. I'm glad because I do channel. And so it, sometimes it can be a bit of a, a fire hose and it's a flowy yeah. one. Cause I am that Libra, <laughs> like watery. Um, so I'm glad it was clear. Yeah. It's very clear. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes translating it all into English can be challenging, you know? Yeah, it can, because I can remember the first time I saw a guest come across that said they were doing quantum healing in my mind. I was like, what the heck does that even mean? Yeah. You know, sometimes we just get really hooked up on the, the words and the vocabulary. And a lot of people are, are that are awakened are doing similar work, but just calling it different things. Yeah. So it gets confusing. Yeah. I was going through like this, this journey while you were talking, because my own personal family has endured so much pain, addiction, medical debt, yeah. and ended up with no solutions when it comes to things. And I have seen the worst of the worst myself. When I volunteered in a rehab, I saw patients withdrawing off of opiates and it was 
probably one of the most traumatic things I've ever seen. I even went to one in Detroit where you walked into a warehouse and they were just lined up beds of patients getting IVs to be put out and then injected with cocktails to help them withdraw faster. And then they would ship them all into a hotel, a regular hotel. And regular people didn't even know that the first floor was people withdrawing and detoxing. And you could just hear people moaning and crying out of the rooms. And they would have nurses come in and administer like 30 different medications to these patients that were withdrawing for an entire week and then put them on a plane and send them home, which was completely different than what I was seeing in the rehab that I worked at. They would medically withdraw them and then it was a 30-day program. But, you know, it is such a huge problem and it has been more talked about in documentaries and on uh, TV and people are being exposed and held accountable. But there's a lot of people that died, a lot of people that died and a lot of people that are still addicted. And I have a lot of people that I know from my brother's battalion. He was in the army that when they got out, they were put on opiates and then they were yanked away from them. And now they either died because they turned to heroin or they're still on the streets. And, and then you add in the layer right now, the issue with the fentanyl and all of those deaths. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is so terrifying and it's at the same time, it just warms my heart that you awakened to it. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that personal addiction to realize Mm -hmm. it, but you know, that we are seeing this shift because, oh my God, do we need it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. So Meister, thank you for all that. You know, my story with addiction is, is a real victory because my dad died from addiction when I was four um, and he was 36. So, you know, I always had that darkness and that's all I could, you know, it's almost like that's all I could feel. I I've always had, so my dad is, is galactic and he's with me. And he's been with me since the moment he died. So I came in and he was in a huge way, um, uh, just a, a source of great trauma for me while he was here on earth and in a body. And so then he made his transit. And that was the same year that I was run over by a car. It was also the same year that I started saying out loud what my mission is, which is at that time, I'm going to medical school. I'm going to be a doctor. So that was four. I was age four. And, and at a soul level, four is the age that we kind of incarnate. We like travel through the first four years of our lives and we're like incubating. We're just like, you know, hooked on our parents. And at age four, that's when we kind of start to come into our own. Not quite yet. I mean, it's anywhere between the ages of like four to seven, but it was the beginning of this transit that I was making away from, you know, just being this like fetus in a vegetative state to being here on this planet. And so at that time of my life, You know, I had a physical trauma that lasted many, many, many years, which thankfully happened because as I'll share with you in just a moment, that was one of the most important lesson plans that I had crafted from soul level to move through physical pain. And I now know that there is no physical pain that's physical, none, zero. There is no physical diagnosis that's physical. It manifests on the physical body. It seeds itself onto the physical body, but it happens on the energetic level. And so we cannot possibly go and access any of these things from the physical. It just doesn't work. You know, medicines can be an adjunct, maybe if you want to look at it that way, like as a placebo effect, if you're a cardiac patient and you need an intervention, sure. I understand that medicines can be helpful at that stage, 
which is kind of the last stage, right? So my dad came through and at the age of 36, he died of sudden cardiac death, just wiped off the planet. I believe it was cocaine, but I don't know. Um, and it doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, he chose a fast exit. I mean, he was gone within seconds. And when that happened, he ascended to a position of extreme connection. I mean, he never left my side and to this day has not. I feel him and I really always have since that time. And I didn't really recognize it at that time, but I have had many really incredible interactions with him and he guides me in profound ways. I know that I've, I've never been without, you know, I think so many of us are just like wandering around the planet right now, wondering like, are we being got, you know, we forget because we're so dense and we're human. But as far as just addiction goes, I remember saying, you know, I'm never going to make those same mistakes because I knew on a soul level that I was not here to leave the planet because of addiction. But at the same time, when I look back at my own use of substances, I also know that there was no way around it. Even from the very first time that I smoked pot and the very first sip of alcohol that I had and the very first pill that I ever took, that there was a part of me that needed it. And I did, you know, and, and it's interesting because I started using drugs when I was in my early stages of high school and I stopped using drugs when I had just gotten out of my education. So while in education, meaning medical school. So I, I was kind of self-medicating because I was so sensitive. I was such an extreme empath as I know you both are right. Like I just absorbed so much energy from other people that the only way that I was actually able to get through the initiation years, which are the, you know, this corrupt medical or an educational systems that we have, the only way that I got through it without really self-destructing was by dampening my sensitivities with marijuana, mostly and a little bit of alcohol. And then at the very, very end, I got hooked on this horrible, ugh, it was the most disgusting pharmaceutical. It wasn't an opiate. It was kind of opiate-like, but and it doesn't really matter what it was, but it served. And then I got really sick. It was like the thing that kind of helped me to get through life, to cope and to get numb enough to just function as a normal human. Because I think that's basically what we all do. Most humans that I see who are addicts are just really highly sensitive empaths. In that same way, I actually call fibromyalgia is hypersensitivity syndrome, meaning we are so sensitive that we absorb all this energy, rheumatoid arthritis, all of the autoimmune conditions. What I'm seeing is the sponging in of dense energies from others, from, from the environment, from our foods, from, um, you know, the empath is a huge conglomeration of light codes. And we have more of them as an empath. We are just, and as a light worker, particularly, we have a bigger light system. And so we take in all this energy from outside of our bodies. And if we don't have the tools to be able to alchemize that, we get sick. And so I think that for me, the addiction years were, were just almost self-preservation, yeah. you know, cause I wasn't as hyper-connected to, I just was getting through school and I was a 4 student. So it wasn't, I wasn't like, and I don't say that to, to share anything more than I wasn't altered in that way. It was almost yeah. like I just needed to, I mean, I still, I wasn't a, a I was a, a great student because I just had during those years, I knew on some level that all I had to do is just get through that system right. so that I could change it, you know? And then as mm. soon as I got through it and I saw 
the suffering of the planet. It was my first clinic, actually, and my first job outside of medical training where I hit my bottom with addiction because I was seeing it in others. And at the soul level, it was almost like, you know, the switch went on and it was like, okay, hit a bottom and get well so that you can go back now and help others from the place of embodiment. It's one thing to see it and to talk about it. It's another thing to actually experience it and then absorb the energy of recovery. So addiction right now, I'm seeing it and I get it. You know, I understand it from the inside out and the energy that I hold is that of somebody who has been able to walk it and dwell in all of it and see exactly what it is that we're reaching for, you know, really what it is, is this craving, you know, addiction is craving for love. We crave the love of source. We crave the love of connection. We crave ourselves. Yeah. We're seeking comfort, you know, in every single possible way when we don't even know that it's, it's us that we're craving. That's it. I feel like that's really the thing that kept me stuck was that I was moving through a system that was so corrupt, the medical system and the educational system. You have to kind of sell your soul to get through it. You know, as a, especially as a doctor these days, the medical system is so rough the work hours and the grueling, the patient demands and all of it, you know, the bureaucracy of medicine is really, really toxic, as I'm sure you guys know. We are all here to have these wide open channels, which means that if you're in a system that's corrupt, of course, addiction's an answer. Because the second that you start connecting into yourself at that soul level, there's discord. And we start to realize that that's not going to work. We can't stay there, you know? So it's really hard, I think, for a lot of people who are in these older systems that are falling apart and not just older systems, but relationships or really anything, you know, we're all being asked to level up. And so I think that we're at a choice point. The reason I feel that addiction is at an all-time high is because it blocks a channel, you know? So if you're trying to stay in a life that's not serving you, it's an easy solution. And when I started to connect in with my dad, all those years ago, I realized that the second that drugs and alcohol were no longer in my body, that my mystical abilities, my psychic abilities, my super sensory abilities, just, they like blew up. And so now in my life, I mean, I can barely even eat sugar because I feel altered, you know? And I feel like that's, that's where we're all going is into these deeper and deeper states of connection with wide open channels into ourselves. And so those people that are here on the planet that are addicted, who are choosing to stay addicted, who are choosing not to go in and do the healing, they are actually leaving their bodies to be able to add an energetic of support to those that are here to actually get better and to recover. So it's an intense time. I have a good friend that just lost his son to fentanyl-laced heroin. Uh, he's also, this is interesting, he's an osteopathic doctor who was a pharmacist and he and I have, are teaming up to bring through energetic osteopathy, which is the modality that I teach and that I'm actually later this week going down to Tennessee to speak about that transitioning healthcare into energetics. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be a big adventure, but um, his son died February 24th in a rehab facility and got this fentanyl laced heroin and was gone, you know, by morning. So it's crazy. It's a crazy time for sure. Well, I guess you just explained why my doctor is no longer a doctor. 
Yeah. <laughs> she was so amazing. Actually, she started doing acupuncture and then slowly left her practice. And now she does some telehealth. And but I could see the struggle in her. And a lot of the answers that I was searching after during my journey through fibromyalgia and I was having these other weird things. Her diagnosis was, Shannon, I think you're, you're experiencing energy. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and then That's shortly exactly after, it. I didn't have a doctor. <laughs> God bless her. I love her. She's that's also amazing. one of my clients too sometimes. And yeah. So I said, I think that that's going to be a problem for people who are authentic. Yes. Yeah. It's a choice point time. And, you know, I don't know if you guys are into astrology at all. I dabble a little bit and no, I know yeah. that there's a, a Jupiter Neptune conjunction, which is like, it only happens once every 166 years. And oh, my understanding of it is that it's a time where these newer energies, it's almost like as a light worker, you're, we've been um, initiated early and we've been holding the world with an awareness of expansion of, a, of an awakened state. And we've been kind of like, okay, when is the world going to wake up to all of this, right? Like when are people going to actually recognize that we are here as energetic beings, that we are manifestors, that we actually have ownership of our healing that we are here creating our realities, you know, that this world is a holographic illusion and that we create that every moment. We choose yeah. the path through every single moment, through our thoughts and our intentions and our actions. And so do we choose to stay disempowered in a system that doesn't work, which is really what most doctors are doing right now, especially those that are still administering, you know, shots and boosters and all this stuff that's really toxic. You know, it's really hard to see what's happening to this world of medicine and healthcare, which is not healthcare. It's the opposite of healthcare. Um, you know, and, um, but this conjunction that's coming is a time where there's a massive shift where even those that we didn't think would wake up actually won't almost have a choice. So that's what's happening. And I've been understanding Ascension as like a four-year process starting in 2020. And then of course, you know, the new earth will have to reconstruct itself, but the real deconstruction phase is these four years. So 2020 to 2024. And so we're really approaching that halfway mark, which is when people are going to start to really fall apart. There's a real paradigm shift that's about to happen. And I, I think what you said, the word that really rang for me was authentic. When I went into my own transition of my career, and when I fell into the trenches with addiction, what happened there was I got sent to a treatment facility down in Virginia. And then after that, I went into like a recovery house in Maryland. And during this time I was away for like eight and a half months and in the recovery house in Maryland, it was just North of Baltimore. And I was living with women who were, had been prostituting themselves to fund their um, opiate and heroin addictions. And I was the only one there. I was a doctor at the time I had been in my practice only for about six months. So I was kind of a, a younger doc. And I was really the only one there who had the privilege of having been put through educational, you know, a medical education. And while I was in this rehab facility, I worked at an Einstein bagel company. I wore this like, you know, black visor every day and plastic gloves. And I was just, you know, 
it was such a great equalizer for me and, and, and where I really learned about humility, because what I saw was that this human condition and suffering that I had was the exact same as the human condition and suffering that my friends had who had been in more treatment facilities than they'd been here years on the planet. I mean, these women were in rough shape, a lot of them, and we were the same, you know, we were exactly the same. I was born into a family of privilege and with a brain that was able to, you know, take in a lot of medical education and I'm very smart and I can take in a lot of content because I'm, my mission is, is to be able to, you know, really dismantle the educational system and build a new one. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm building a whole new school and a whole new system and a whole new framework and training people to take back the ownership of their healing because it's no longer time to go to your doctor to get any answers. It never really was. Um, but I learned all of that back in you know 2009 when I saw that I was just so, I was so no different. I was privileged, you know, like I was given opportunities and I was born with a mission that called me to that particular path at such a young age. And so I just always aligned myself onto that path, but you know, pain is pain. And, you know, being a human is being a human. And I just have learned about humility. And I'm now with a woman who is amazing. She's an energetic alchemist and she doesn't have any advanced degrees, but she's the most wise, intuitive human I have ever met. And the emotional authenticity that she lives her life through is I've just never experienced anything like it. And that's, that's who I live my days with now, you know? So I've been learning about deeper states of authenticity and humility mm-hmm. and, um, and, and really the emotional energetics that what we're all being asked to lean more into now. And that is, how can we feel more? And then we feel better, right? The more that we're able to alchemize the energies of the emotions, it's actually not the physical body that gets sick. It's the emotional body that gets sick. It's all of those feelings all of those emotions that we've been programmed to not feel and to be stoic and to be achievers and to not listen to our bodies when our bodies are telling us exactly what they need. That's how we get sick. Those are the symptoms. And so that's what I've been seeing energetically in the physical body, because when you ignore that for year after year after year, starting from the time that we're just these infants, you know, in utero, we absorb this stuff. We bring it in from our past lifetimes, right? We've all been laden with these densities and these programs that create limited belief systems in our minds. And then we become that. And it seeds itself into the fabric of our physical bodies. And so how do we get it? We feel. I bring in an emotional energetic framework. Actually, my partner and I are teaming up together. So she brings in the emotional alchemy. I bring in the physical energetics and the curriculum that we teach is both. So it's, it's how do you feel while also getting into the energetic framework of your body to clear it? It's kind of this like cool thing that we're doing. Wow. You're speaking our language, but you say it so very beautifully. Don't you think that Mandy? (laughs) She's like, you're like music to my ears. Thank you. It's, you know, it's energy, right? So words are just vibration. And what comes through, and this is what I know, this is why I know that it's important just to get on to as many 
stages as possible because 70% of our presence is energetic vibration. And the words are just English translation for that energetic vibration. And so what I have, the life that I've lived has been really hard in a lot of ways. And it's been the most incredible blessing. You know, everything that I have gone through, you know, addiction, the death of a parent, I've been through a divorce. I've gone through, talk about trauma, the medical system as an energetic sensitive to go through that. What a gift it was to see it from the inside out, but also how abusive it was. And so, you know, none of those energies, none of them came in to harm me. And so what I've had the opportunity to do now is see it all and feel it all and continue. You know, my partner brings in a framework that has taught me how to be connected to my little kiddo who was so traumatized that I didn't know even how to begin to feel. I think so many of us just get so disconnected from our bodies. And that's what fibromyalgia is, by the way, right? It's a disconnection from our bodies Mm -hmm. because there's so much discord and dissonance and disharmonic energies in there that it starts to seep out through those myotendinous junctions, which is really those, those, those points, those tender points that are the diagnosis. You have to have 11 of 18 tender points. I mean, we could talk that language all day, right? It's nothing more than dense energy that's finding its way to the surface through a crack in your physical body. It's amazing when you can see it that way, because the second you can start to connect in to the energy that created the tenderness, that's the solution. Your body's guiding you in. It's a map. Those tender points that fibromyalgia like brings through, that's where we go. So I told you that I was pinned under a car when I was four. I was in a sledding accident. And my mother was sleeping. My dad had died, I think, very soon before that time. And my brother, my older brother, um, had a friend sleep over and he was going out sledding in a blizzard. And I tagged along just in our front yard, but it was a very steep hill. And there was a private street that our driveway uh, crossed over. So we're sledding down this hill, whiteout conditions. And all of a sudden we see headlights and I was the one in front and the car got stuck on me. And so it was like on my legs, on my pelvis, and I got pinned under it for a long time. I mean, until the ambulance came. So I was not mortally injured, but I was injured in such a way that my pelvis was really altered. I didn't break anything because I was four. Thankfully, our bones are not really solid at that point. So I bent. So my bones and my bony pelvis kind of all got bent. And then um, I went to the hospital and the doctors are like, oh my God, you didn't fracture anything. You're a miracle. And I think you can go home. So, but what happened was the compression in my body stayed there and it started to come out in ways that were, I've always been an athlete and um, I just kind of kept moving. I, I learned how to move around pain. I just, I kind of grew up with pain, physical pain in my body because of that injury. But when I was like in my um, early adolescence, it took me down. I like collapsed on a soccer field. I was a competitive soccer player and I went to cross a ball and I like, I just, my legs completely went out from under me and I went to all these doctors and they were like, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. Just go home essentially and never play soccer again. And so that was like, you know, fueled me from a really early age because I was only 13 And all of it already, the medical system was basically saying to me, there's nothing we can do for you. 
just go home and go to bed, basically, right? That's the story we all get. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. And so I just always knew that I was not here to listen to them. And I went to the gym at the age of 14 and I started lifting weights and I taught myself how to build muscle and the muscle held my bones in such a way that the pain went way down. It was never gone, but instead of playing soccer, I started playing lacrosse and I became a really competitive lacrosse player. And I just kept on going through my life, knowing that I was here to do things differently because people were telling me I can't do it. And I just internally was like, oh, really? Yes, I can. And watch me. And that's why I ended up becoming a DO, actually, because I loved the philosophy that the body is self-healing because I had witnessed that. So fast forward two years ago, I was 44. It was almost two years ago. And I've always had pain in the left part of my sacrum where the car hit me and ran me over. I went to osteopaths. I went to acupuncturists. I went to physical therapists, chiropractors, you know, you name it. And even my mentor, the late Jim Jealous, who I feel was the most powerful osteopath on the planet, would put his hands on me and I'd say, Jim, I just need you to help me with my pain. And it wasn't debilitating. I never listened to it. You know, I think pain is very emotional. And I just kind of learned how to live with it because I was so young when it happened that I just was always like connected to this pain. I knew the pain was there for a reason. I didn't know what it was. And I just became friends with it. I was like, all right. You know, there were times when I couldn't manage it. I also do CrossFit. So I started doing all this CrossFit and there were lots of days when I just couldn't even walk and I would listen and, but then the pain would go down, but it was always there. And no matter who I went to, you know, it would dial down, but then it would come back. So here's the cool thing. I started treating people from a distance in May of 2020. That's a whole nother story, which I don't think we have time for today, but I started to work energetically. I transitioned from being a hands-on osteopath where I was putting my hands on people. And I I knew that there was more going on because a lot of times when I was treating people with my hands on them, I would like get lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. And like right now I can feel, I learned how to dial into the frequencies of energy, but also being connected into the human biofield and seeing with specificity, the tissues and the bones of the body. So as an osteopath for years, I kind of learned how to see inside of people and I could see bony positions and where things were getting rotated and energy essentially was not flowing. And as I got later in my career, I would look down, my hands weren't touching people. And I was like, okay, there's more going on here than what I was taught. And I knew that. So then in 2020, when we all went into this pandemic, I started working with a psychic in Amsterdam and she said, you're an energy healer. Did you know that? And I was like, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense now. You know, like all of these experiences I've been having were finally like starting to come. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. I guess. Yes, of course. Now I know. Thank you for telling me. And she's like, you don't need to put your hands on people to treat them. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She's like, just try it, do a treatment. So I like called my friend and I was like, Hey, instead of coming to my house for a treatment, what if we do this on zoom? And he was like, all right. He's a, he's a sun dancer. And he was very, very like, he's, he's a seer and he's very connected. He's very sensitive. And so I gave him my very first osteopathic healing session from a distance. And it was so unbelievably powerful. It was like, he was in my room and I, but it was more Like I could see more and feel more and he could see more and feel more. And I mean, we both cried through the whole experience because it was so powerful. And I mean, it was like, that's when everything changed for me. And that was, that was almost two years ago now. And then this is the, what I wanted to get to is once I started to feel 
what energy felt like without having to touch skin. That's a radio station. It's like a frequency that we get to dial into. And so once my hands started to connect into that frequency, I actually started to feel my own body energetically. And so I went out for a run one day, and this was just like four months or so after that first distance healing. I'm calling them healing sessions because I'm not supposed to say that they're medical treatments legally. So I was running and I felt my own energetic field, the magnetic part of it come out of my heart. My hands were actually getting pushed away from my body. And I was like, what's happening? And then I heard treat yourself. And I was like, oh, of course. So I, I have this, these trails in my backyard that my dad actually, and I connect on and I went out onto this rock overlooking this river behind my house. It was August. And so it was beautiful out. And I just went out to this spot every day for a while. And I started working inside of my own energetic system in the same way that I would work within another person's system. And I went in energy center by energy center and each energy center connects to a different plexus of nerves, which connects to a different set of muscles, bones, ligaments, and so on. And so I worked in my body like sequentially. And I actually started moving energy through it in a way that before I realized it, I didn't consciously know this was happening, but that pain that I'd had for 40 years went away. I don't have, I don't have it anymore. It's gone. And there was nobody on this planet who was able to help me with it. And it was during that time of this pandemic, when I stopped getting massage, I stopped getting osteopathy. I stopped getting any outside help you know, that it was the, that was like the only, so my, that lesson plan was implanted into my body at the age of four. And finally at the age of 44, it came to fruition. And that's what I teach. And that was really when I knew that like, oh, I actually had to live this life. I had to have this pain. I had to have this psychic illness of addiction of suffering the human conditions that we are all alchemizing right now, right? We're all shedding that way. And so I don't teach anything that I haven't walked through. I mean, there are things that I haven't had to experience, but I do know that trauma is an initiation and that the only person that is designed to move that energy through us to come back into that place of wholeness where the density doesn't ripple out into the physical body is us. We are the only ones. There's no doctor out there who can do it for you. There's no healer out there who can do it for you. Right. It was so profound. And so that's how I know I have people that come to me in so much pain and I can turn to them and say, I can help you by teaching you how to do it. You know, it's not me. And that's where doctors are going. And I think that's really where it's hard because so many doctors are trained to be like, I got you, you know, I have the training, the education, the credentials, the licensure, and I'm going to give you the thing that's going to make you better. And it never will. It does. It's not designed that way. Right. Yeah. It's so magical what we're doing here and this time that we've stepped into and the awarenesses that we're receiving and, you know, our light family mm-hmm. to be able to have these conversations with and to like, Like I get to share my experience with you and hear about yours. And we come together in this way to help one another make sense of these diagnoses, right? Where we started at the beginning of this hour. When you said we dropped into this time, it is a unique time, especially for women, especially for healing. I started out as a massage therapist. Now I teach 
Reiki, one of the things that I think I love about Reiki is that you have to learn how to treat yourself before you move on to others. And I've learned a gazillion modalities, especially in energy work, you know, tools for massage. But Reiki was the only one that made you heal within first, like sense your own energy before you were to sense others. And that's, I think, was my hiccup with many of the modalities that I was working with that dealt with energy because I was such an empath and I I didn't understand my own energy yet, but yet I'm working with their energy and then now I'm taking everything. I mean, even like cranial sacral therapy, it's almost identical to Reiki. You're going up and down, you know, the spine, you know, you're hitting all of these things, same with acupressure. And I just found that no matter what you call it, like you said, your doctor called it, what did you call it? Bio biodynamics, which is cranial osteopathy. It's just cranial. Like no matter what you call it, Don't you think that learning energy, like learning your energetic body should be like a vital part, you know, whether you're a doctor or a nurse or a PT? Yes, 100%. I love that you just touched on that, Jenna. So what I teach, so, okay. After like witnessing that pain, which I, you know, these are just initiations, all of it, every single thing that we feel in our body, that's been kind of hanging on. It's like the lesson plan of the soul. And so as this pain management specialist by training, I'm what they call a physiatrist or a physical medicine rehabilitation specialist. That was the specialty in medicine that I chose because I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. I just love the body so much. I've always been drawn to the body, but you know, I didn't really know what it was, you know, like that I was being drawn to. And so it was like, at first I was very black and white in my thinking because I was still addicted. You know, I was still kind of in that old life. And so nowadays the path that I've been able to walk here is as a doctor, I was trained to put myself last and my patients first, you know, as a, my, my partner actually is a massage therapist and is also an energy healer, you know, and is also an emotional alchemist and is, you know, so I get the training model that we've all been, you know, all of us, any body worker has, you know, minus the Reiki. I love that you're a Reiki master as well, because, you know, I didn't get it. I, because of my history of addiction, I was taught that I'm going to always have to take care of myself. You know, in addiction, I was in 12 step recovery for a while and I went to AA for many years. And, and then finally I was like, wow, that wasn't serving me anymore because the AA model actually teaches that there's a higher power. That's not you, you know, like that we have to kind of pray to God in order to stay sober and keep our channel open, but that we are not God, you know? And so what I was able to, again, drop into was, oh, wait a minute. We are like our energetic bodies, like God is inside of us. Like we are that, you know, we're, we're like these slices of that ultimate source that we've come from. And so, but that source has to be cleared. We have to take care of ourselves on this dense earth and in these dense bodies. And so my teacher taught me very early on this word called an inversion. And the inversion that I was having at that time was Um, it was kind of a different inversion. My dad came to me through a medium four years ago. I was having dinner with this medium who was just a friend of a friend. I was going through a divorce at the time. And she said, 
I strongly encourage you to come back to my house after dinner. And so I was like, okay. So I, I get into her living room and she said, you know, there's this man who will not leave me alone. And he's standing on your right right now. And I felt him and it was my dad. And she and I had not talked at all about anything. You know, it was, we were just having dinner. And so all of a sudden she told me everything about him. First, she convinced me that it was him because he died of something called cardiac tamponade, which is where your heart sack fills with blood. And then it, all of that fluid rushes to your lungs and you can't breathe. So she said to me, this is your dad. He wants you to know that they thought it was sudden and that he was having trouble breathing. And she put her hands here and she said, you knew. And he knew it was time to go and he knew it was time to help. And so he basically spent the night with me and gave me the instructions. And he said, you need to go and finish your teaching. He said, with the man in the mountains, the big man in the mountains, Jim Jealous lived in Ashland, Oregon. And she said, you have to finish your teachings with him because you have to teach on a world stage, but first you have to finish your teachings with him. And so I went to Jim. I got into three of his courses that summer, which normally are sold out for like years. And of course, you know, my dad helped get me on a plane three times that summer. And I, I stepped into my, Jim's classroom and, um, and he said to me, well, hi there. And I, it had been like eight years since I'd been in his courses. And I said, oh, do you remember me? And he said, yeah. He said, but you've had an inversion. And I said, what's an inversion? And he said, it's when the unknown becomes the known. And I said, my dad came to me, Jim, and he told me to be here. I said, I know now what's on the other side of the veil. Like, I know that. I'm with that. I'm with spirit now. And he said, obviously. And I said, you know, Jim, my dad told me that I was going to teach, but I don't know what I'm going to teach. And he said, well, yes, you do. He said, you're going to go to the very end of my curriculum and you're going to start there, which is love, right? We teach love. And so it was interesting because I said to him at the very, very end of his life. So he died in February of last year. He also died of heart-related causes. And, and a lot of galactic beings leave that way because it's a really fast exit. And so a lot of people who are, and I believe my dad was on the Galactic Federation of Light, and I believe Jim is as well. They choose cardiac death because they just, they're gone. It's painless. It's quick. And, you know, they just return to source really fast. So at the very, very end, right before he died, I said, you know, Jim, I'm doing this work now. That's energy. It's energetic osteopathy. And he said, tell me what you're doing. And, and I, I guided him through a treatment and I said, I'm doing this all from a distance. And he said, he said, yep, that's exactly right. He said, you have to teach this. This is the future of medicine. And then I said, I'm leading people in groups. And he said, Ooh, I don't know if I would do that if I were you. And, you know, it was because I was challenging the edge of what he brought. And we were all here to be together again. And so, and then I said, and I'm also teaching people how to do this in themselves. And he said, that's it. That's it. None of us can show up in our lives with the uh, levels of authenticity that we're here to embody. If we don't know who we are, we don't know who we are because we're out of our bodies. No one here on the planet. If you're choosing to not do that inner healing work and connect in, I mean, I think that the energetic work is for me anyway, it was the beginning. And once I got into the energetic body and I started to feel what these energies feel like, the next step was to actually connect back into the emotions and the feelings. 
that gooey stuff that actually got us stuck in the first place, you know? And that's what we're here to do. And that's, those are the curricula that I teach now. So I just finished, I created a 10 step self-healing energetic protocol. And I, I just brought through a five week program, a group of 18 people who I taught the 10 steps and added the emotional healing tools in addition to the energetic healing tools. And these people transformed. And so that's level one of three that I am starting right now. And my partner and I are launching uh, something called the self-healing immersion. Because as you said, it's, it's all about the healing of self. And when we connect back in and have the tools to do that, and actually the know-how, I think that what I'm seeing in the spiritual communities is that a lot of people are saying like, yeah, we have to do this. And I think there's so many ways that we are being guided to do it. And I just think that as many people as we can, this is what I see. Like I'm here to hold the hands of as many people as we can who can teach tools, teach the how to do this. How do we do it? Because the way I teach it is going to resonate with some people and not with others. The way you teach it is going to resonate with some people and not with others. But what I'm seeing right now is it's not going to be an option much longer. You know, like I think we're really getting to that point where if we're choosing to not do the work, we're not really going to be able to stay here. Like the people on the planet who are like, nope, not going there, right? They're not going to do well. Because dissonance in the body manifests as chronic disease. And then if you've added pharmaceuticals, whatever, this is the choice point that we're talking about. Are you going to be able to connect back into source or not? And those people that are choosing not to, the energy on the planet is going to become so incoherent that people are going to choose to leave because they're not going to be able to handle it if they're not connected to source. Source is the way through all of it. It's really intense to see what life looks like now from this place of, are you connected to source or are you not? We have basically two subsets, you know, those are the people, you know, my partner and I call them the 3D or the 5D humans, you know, and I'll like my, my ex and I have a six-year-old son and I have a whole life of 3D humans <laughs> that I like powwow with. And I'm just like, whoa, you know, I have to come home and do like a major energetic practice and clear all of that out. Cause I'm just like, that is exhausting to live that way. That level of fear and incoherence, that's really what it is. The more that I hone my language and simplify my view of, you know, how can I speak to people in a way so that I can help, you know, because I want this to be palatable, teachable, and break it down into really simple tools, steps. That's why I created 10 steps. Here's step one practice that. And then in these programs that I teach, I give two steps at a time and we spend a a whole week working on two steps. And I teach people how to get in to their bodies and start to move things through. And they're like, and I treat them at the same time. I I do healing sessions at the same time so that they can really feel these energies. So, you know, I'm helping them and then I turn them onto themselves. And by the end of these five weeks, they've got 10 steps and they just go off and do it. It's great and reconnect. But, oh my gosh, you know, to be on this planet right now without having any knowledge of energy or connection or self-healing, it's going to be a hard wake up, I guess. I mean, I, you know, what a gift to have recovery and Andy, I celebrate you. That's awesome. How long have you been sober? 11 years. Awesome. Amazing. So about the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's funny because I've been listening to you and I'm like, well, I feel like we have a lot in common. I was a lacrosse player as well. Oh, awesome. Same age. Yeah. yeah. Did you grow up in Colorado? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, Colorado. I was um, All-American lacrosse for four years all throughout high school. We went wow. state. I loved lacrosse. Loved it. That's amazing. Um, I didn't play after that. I did intramural here in Colorado. Oh. It was still kind of like unknown. But yeah, definitely many similarities. I've really enjoyed listening to you. You're very soothing. Like, I'm like, I just could sit here and listen to her all day. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Thank you both for saying that. I love to speak. I love to teach. Everything you said, like Shanna already said, you're just telling so much about our story and so much of it we can relate to and agree with. Yeah. You're a strong force. So I'm grateful earth has you. Thank you. It feels great to connect with someone like you today, Jess. Oh, thank you for saying all that. I really have loved talking with you. Where can our listeners find you and where can they learn more about this? My website is drjessbell.com, which is the whole doctor word spelled out. So Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R jessbell.com. So in 2024, I plan to open the school and I'm calling it, and this is actually my new website, Centers for Energetic Healing. And then my partner, Claire and I are selfhealingimmersion.com. That's like our online community. It's a membership community. And that's like, it's like $9 or $29. And in that I'll be doing tons of live healing sessions and tons of content. The highest tier is $49 a month. And that's like Q and A's, two hour workshops, group healing. I do group healing sessions, which is more powerful than the the one-on-ones are powerful because it's more of a specific spot, specific target to like wherever in your body, I'll actually be able to see inside of your body where density is kind of lodged itself. And then we move it through. It's really powerful. So it just is, um, it's a lot more to help you get more informed about what part of your body is not yet functioning in a coherent way. We need to get, just get into that coherent and we're off and running. Awesome. Either one of those two places are an easy way to find me. And now it's time for break that shit down. It's so important to remember that not only are we made of energy, but the energy that we're made of is that of love. And that is what we're returning to. So Breaking it down, when we go in and when we peel away the layers, anything in our energetic body that's creating a limited belief is just dissonance. The second we connect in with it and we move that through under that is love. And as we do this work, that's where we go. That's what we're returning to pure love that's the love of source and we literally are moving more and more into that energetic every day regardless of what we do it's just happening all around us and using healing tools gets you there faster so doing this work is life-changing it is returning us all to source it's returning us to love and that is all I know, is love is all there is. I love it. It's all about the love. <laughs> love is all you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you too. Thank yeah. you so much. Jana's so passionate about energy and implementing it into our programs as well. And we have, and she's always said, I feel like we don't talk about it enough. 
Yeah. And today, I mean, you blasted that open with so much knowledge and wisdom. So I know that she's sitting in a bunch of yummy goo right now. Like that was <laughs> yummy goo of love. <laughs> All about it. Oh, I love it. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.